What is going on? The Game We Play podcast. Um, so, just a quick little update. Uh, I posted a podcast last week-ish about uh, Mike Gundy, the coach at Oklahoma State. Um, I took that down. <laughs> um, not because I disagree with the, the opinion. Okay, yeah, it's because I disagree with the opinion I had a week ago. Um, for those of you that... Uh, aren't aware uh, I've been ridiculously stressed out about not the virus like not that about like you know when is everything going to start up specifically sports wise and you know all that but um, with all the progress you know being made and everything and all the great decisions that are being made by state governors um, you know I'm a lot more optimistic and a lot more you know happy and upbeat recently um, so with, with, with that, um, uh, I, I completely disagree with the, with the take I had last week on Mike Gundy. Um, it was a stupid thing of him to say. And while I do still love Mike Gundy as a coach, um, I just don't want that, you know, up on my, up on my podcast. Um, so anyways, uh, I feel, I feel like I had to address that for the, it was like 20 some people who actually listened to that and, and, and I did not promote it well at all. Um, just like one story post net was it, uh, but anyways, oh, big yawn, uh, tired. Um, the NFL draft is in less than a week and I feel like, you know, now that the NBA's projected to make a return, uh, the MLB is projected to make a return. Um, you know, all these things have happened in the, in the last few days, um, I'm thinking that uh, we, you know, should maybe start bringing back the podcast. Um, and again, uh, I do this. I started doing this when Kobe died because um, I felt like I just wanted to. It was a good little outlet for me. I, I, I liked it. And I think now that I'm not going to go on five-minute rants that, you know, prevent me from you know posting this, um, I'm going to be able to actually <laughs> make this podcast again, which – Again, I'm not trying to make an excuse that I could have been doing this the entire time. It's just that I wasn't really wasn't really a whole lot to talk about. Um, and yes, I know NFL free agency happened, and I said nothing about it. Jesus, oh, oh, I keep yawning. It's weird. I, I never yawn, and then when I start making one of these, I yawn like a bunch. But um, so yeah, NFL free agency happened. Um, I don't think I need to talk about it. It was a while ago, uh, actually, like a month ago almost, um, and. Honestly, like, I mean, Tom Brady went to the Bucks. You know, a few other things happened. Um, I don't really think that there was, I mean, outside of Tom Brady obviously going to Tampa and kind of like the quarterback carousel, I don't really think that there was a move that substantially, again, non-quarterbacks, I don't think there was a move that, you know, substantially helped a team, you know, making them that much better. So, um I mean, if there is, I'm a dumbass, I guess. But um, I think the draft this year is a whole lot more important for teams that are contending because I think that there's a solid group of teams that is at the top right now. Um, and, and and I think this draft is going to be very, very, very telling um, in terms of, you know, what teams want to do, um, you know, the direction that teams want to go, how they want to build, and what uh, pieces they're going to, you know, fill. Um, and, you know, if you guys remember a few years ago, 
when, like, the Chargers drafted Derwin James. And they were an average team, but they get Derwin James, they put him at safety, they're a top team in the AFC, and he's a rookie. So you look at these teams maybe in the late first round or even kind of in the early to mid first round, if, if, if they cash in and make some good picks then, you know, they can completely change the course of the draft. So on this episode of the Game We Play podcast, I know that intro was ridiculously long. Um, but I'm going to be going over my 2020 NFL mock draft, the quarantine draft. Um, I'm really interested to see actually what it's going to look like. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch Roger Goodell just talking and talking and not getting booed for an hour or so. But um, I hope it's not like the NBA 2K players tournament bullshit. That was just... Oh my god, that was terrible. Um, but I, but I hope it's actually you know solid television. Um, so, anyways, uh, this mock draft is going to have a lot of hot takes, a lot of hot takes because uh, I think that this draft is very very deep. I think a lot of players can go almost anywhere, um, and this is definitely going to be a longer podcast as you can probably see by the timing of how long this video. Is. Um, some picks. Um, I'm going to more go into the. This is going to be a mock. Okay, this is not. After the draft happens, then I'm going to do my player evaluations on who I think is going to be really good based on where they go. The mock is simply, just 100% simply, um, where I think, um, you know, where I think players are going to go. Like, I per- this, 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 I personally don't think that Chase Young is as good as people are saying he is, but... Obviously, I know where he's going to go. So, uh, on, on that note, um, let's kick this off. Uh, and real quick, um, because I haven't posted in a while, um, if anybody wants to shout this out as a little mock draft to, you know, get your sports fix in or whatever, that was a weird way of saying that. Um, you know, I, 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 would, I would appreciate anybody, you know, trying to promote this in any way, shape, or form. Um, but anyways, pick one, Cincinnati Bengals. This is obvious. Uh, Joe Burrow. I don't need to elaborate on this. Um, they need a quarterback. Um, none that they don't need. I mean, they don't need one technically. Andy Dalton's a serviceable is a serviceable quarterback, but you don't pass up Joe Burrow. Um, start of a new era in Cincinnati. Uh, pick two, the Washington Redskins again. Obviously, Chase Young. Uh, they think he's the best defensive player in the draft. Um, I'm kind of. I mean, very very clear why, um, but. You know, it's what the Redskins are going to do. So uh, Redskins get Chase Young. At pick three, the Detroit Lions. Now, this is a very controversial pick for a lot of people. Um, and, and real quick, because this is the first trade that I think could happen, um, there's not going to be any trades in this mock draft. Well, in, uh, uh, in real life, um, you could see the Raiders trading up. You can see the Broncos trading up, the Falcons trading up, the Dolphins trading up. The char- uh, So many possibilities for teams to trade up here. Uh, maybe like the Browns moving back. I've heard that. Um, but for the sake of this mock draft, I'm solely looking at the picks as they are. There's not going to be any trades in this mock draft. So uh, with the number three overall pick, I'm going to have the Detroit Lions taking Jeffrey Okuda. Now, I'm not saying that that's a that I'm a hundred percent shoe in, you know, banking off the fact that I think uh, Okuda is going to go to Detroit. This is actually one of the classes uh, that I'm really not sure what teams are going to do. But I think that after trading Darius Slay, Jeffrey Okuda seems like the logical choice. 
speaking that Matt Patricia wants a really good cornerback, and he likes to kind of, you know, groom them himself. And he kind of came in when Slay was dominant and didn't really too, take too kindly to Slay. So I think that Okuda is a solid pick here. I think that's where Detroit's going to go. At pick number four, now I've heard a lot of rumors that the Giants are looking at taking an offensive tackle to you know help out Daniel Jones and um, to do a lot of you know stuff on the offensive end to help you know obviously Barkley and Jones. But um, I could see them either doing two things. One, I can see them trading down because I'm not doing that in this video. Um, I think that's all smokescreen. I think that it's obvious who they're going to take, and I have them taking Isaiah Simmons, uh, linebacker from Clemson. Um, and yes, I hate Clemson, but Isaiah Simmons is a special talent, uh, can play numerous positions on the defensive side of the football. And I definitely see them, uh, see the giants getting a standout player in Isaiah Simmons at pick five, uh, the Miami dolphins. Um, and this is tough. This is very, very, very tough. Um, uh, I would say personally, and again, this is going to be a bold thing here. Um, while I can say that some news is smokescreen and some news isn't smokescreen, it's kind of you know subjective on what you think is what. So while I think that the smokescreen surrounding the Giants not taking Isaiah Simmons so that nobody you know moves up or tries to take him or, or the Lions, I'm, I'm not sure what that's for. Uh, I do think that the Tua information being leaked out is not smokescreen. And at pick number five, I have the, uh, the uh, Miami Dolphins taking Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon. Now, do I think that Herbert's better than Tua? Honestly, I really have no idea. I'm really not sure what Tua's situation is with his knee and everything. Um, you know, Saban's saying he's healthy, Tua's saying he's healthy. But again, I just don't know how much faith I put in that. Plus, I see him play um, live and obviously on TV a lot, um, watch some of his film. I don't think he's as good as people are saying he is. I think he's a product of this... Uh, you know, super Alabama team. Um, and well, he's definitely good. He's definitely very, very good. I don't think that he has the ceiling that Herbert has. Um, and again, I don't really think Herbert's super great either, but I think that, uh, the Dolphins definitely want a quarterback and I think they're going to take Herbert to build around, um, you know, tall, fast, big arm. There's a lot more tools that you can use there, especially in a division where they have Josh Allen. I think Herbert can maybe just be the better version of Josh Allen, the better decision-making version. But that's what I think the Dolphins are going to do. At pick six, the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, now this is where I I, I kind of start delving into the what-if territory. Um, I think the Chargers are a smart organization. And, and, and I know that a few months ago, or a, a few, yeah, a few months ago, I said that they were the worst organization in, in, in pro sports or one of the worst organizations in pro sports. Um, well, I'm not going to take that back because, again, this is all time. From what I've been reading and, and how they handled Phillip Rivers and how they handled free agency and how they're handling kind of everything right now, I think the Chargers are going to make a smart decision, and I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. Um, I think that the L.A. Chargers are going to take um, – oh, this is tough, man. This is definitely tough. All right. I think they're going to take Tristan Wirfs offensive tackle from Iowa. And here's why. I think the Chargers know they don't really have a whole lot going on right now with their roster. They lost a lot of people on D. Now, yes, they have Joey Bosa, but I think they know that Bosa's on the way out. 
Um, he's not happy there. I mean, it's hard to be happy in, in an organization like that right now. But, you know, they have Tyrod Taylor starting this full season, and they know Tyrod Taylor's terrible. I don't think they want to take the risk on Tua when they know that they don't have a super roster that they can put him with as well as draft capital. So what I think they're going to do is they're going to take a solid offensive tackle, as in Worfs, who I think is the best offensive tackle on the board, and they're going to wait the year, be terrible, and go for Fields or Lawrence next year. If you can get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in that giant new stadium in L.A., that's going to bring in some people, okay? And, and I, I don't know if if taking a risky quarterback right now is a good both financial decision and a good decision for the for the you know program. So I'm going to say they take Tristan Wirfs uh, off the tackle from uh, Iowa. Uh, at pick seven, the Carolina Panthers. Um, this is tough. But I think this is also kind of obvious because I, I, I think they could go a few directions, but I'm going to go with Derek Brown, defensive lineman from Auburn. Uh, Brown is uh, – how would I describe Derek Brown? Um, he's, just a, he's just a monster. Um, he reminds me a lot of a young Nadamakan Sue in the sense that he's just going to take up space you know, um, I mean, actually, you no. Know, Sue's definitely a lot more athletic than Brown. I can't say that. Uh, he well, his play style is, is like Sue, but Sue's obviously uh, a better prospect or was a better prospect. But Derek Brown is going to be able to clog clog gaps. Um, he's going to be able to get to the quarterback some. Definitely not as well as a you know a Kinlaw, but he's a much better run defender than let's say, let's just say Javon Kinlaw. Um, uh, and I think that, um. You know, in a in a division where you have high powered offenses, Carolina has to go defense, and I think Brown is also the best defensive prospect on the board at this point. So that's where I'll have him going. Um, at pick number eight, the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I think the Arizona Cardinals can go two different directions here, um, which which is tough, which is definitely tough. Um, but I'm going to say that the Arizona Cardinals take Javon Kinlaw, defensive lineman from South Carolina. Now, I think it's a little bit biased that I'm going to overdraft Kinlaw, like, up to here. But at the same time, um, the Cardinals need, need help on the defensive line. They need front seven help. They have maybe the worst front seven, in my opinion, in the NFL. Um, I mean, arguably, yes, I know they have Chandler Jones, but besides Chandler Jones, it's terrible. And they play in a division where, yes, the Rams just let go of Todd Gurley, but you have to deal with the run-heavy Seahawks and the run-heavy Niners. And if you want to be competitive, you need a guy in the middle, regardless of if Kinlaw is the best run defender in the draft. He's not. It's Derek Brown. But he can also get to the quarterback, which is very, very useful in you know regards to anything. So I, Kinlaw reminds me of a Leonard Williams kind of guy, I just kind of do-it-all prototype defensive tackle. But I think Kinlaw has a lot more potential um, if he can continually get stronger and everything like that. So that's why I have the Cardinals going at eight. At pick number nine, and again, this is this is a very, um, you know, interesting selection. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now... <sighs> The Jaguars are either going to do one of mm, two to three things here. Um, I think on one end, the Jaguars know for a fact that Gardner Minshew is not the long-term solution. He's not. Um, while on the other hand, 
I think that the fan base loves Minshew. And I don't think with a team that doesn't have a lot of fans, if they want to make a lot of enemies right now in their fan base by taking a, by taking a quarterback, when if, let's say, Minshew does bad this year, which I, again, think he will, they're now in the line for a top-two pick with the Chargers, and they can take Lawrence or Fields. But at the same time, at the same time, this is a mock draft, and it doesn't have to be 100% right. Um... And with trades and everything, it's obviously not going to be 100% right. So I might as well make a bold prediction. And I'm going to say the Jacksonville Jaguars take Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama. Um, and the, and he, he won't start right away. They're going to start Minshew. But I think what they'll do is they'll groom Tua almost to be the successor. They'll let him keep rehabbing. They'll let, you know, he, they're not going to put him straight into the situation. And they'll allow Tua... To, to, to learn a little bit, uh, to, to learn the offense, and then if Minshew starts, you know, fucking up, then he starts fucking up, and then they'll put in Tua. But if Minshew does well, and Tua's healthy, that is a huge trade piece for the future. The Jags are not trying to win now. I think that's kind of obvious, um, and I think drafting Tua here just kind of allows them to stay in this kind of shitty spot while having a ridiculous amount of capital in a possible star power quarterback. So that's just my personal take. At pick number 10, the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns um, have a you know have holes in the offensive line. I'm just going to jump into it. They'll, they're they're going to take Jedrick Wills Jr. Uh, offensive tackle from Alabama. Um, Wills is a dominant pass blocker. That's I mean when 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 you have a team like Cleveland that has Baker Mayfield um, and you have Odell and you well he's probably gonna get moved but you have you know a, uh, a guy in Jarvis Landry um, and you know you, you have a young coach I think they kind of have to go in the direction of you know protecting Baker Mayfield Wills is solid so I'm, so that's where I have them going at pick eleven the New York Jets uh, they have uh, a quarterback by the name of Sam Darnold. Who has no weapons at all? Le'Veon Bell, good running back, not great running back. Um, I'm an idiot for picking him first in fantasy last year. Uh, but you get a lot of guys there like Brashad Perryman, who's eh, Quincy and Nunwa. I don't even know if he's still alive. Um, but the Jets need weapons. And with the pick 11, uh, I think they get that option to start taking weapons. And. I think that CeeDee Lamb is a great guy for the Jets to go get. CeeDee Lamb is ridiculously fast. Um, and I see him as a very, very, very good complement um, to Sam Darnold in, in the sense that Darnold is going to be able to get the ball into open space, you know, find, find some gaps in the defense, and allow his receiver to make a play. Um, but, 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 uh... At the same time, I would not be surprised if the Jets go with an offensive tackle here to protect Darnold. Um, but CeeDee Lamb, I mean, I, I, I feel like the talent at with, with him is a lot higher than the talent you're going to get with uh, a guy like uh, Andrew Thomas. Um, it's either Anthony or Andrew. I'm, 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 I'm going to fuck that up. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's Andrew Thomas. So is it Anthony or Andrew Thomas? I, I need to look that up. The tackle from Georgia. Um, what is it? Yeah. So with 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 CD Lamb, I, I just feel like they get a lot of uh star power potential as opposed to, um, 
you know, yes, it is Andrew Thomas. Um, as a guy like Andrew Thomas, you know, just that's where I have the Jets. I don't need to justify myself anymore. At pick number 12, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Crazy. Um, taking uh, Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver from Alabama. Now, I know that I've seen Ruggs slipping recently in a lot of mock drafts. I'm fully aware of that. But at the same time, I think that, you know, it's just kind of obvious at, at uh, this point that they're going to take a speed receiver, um, Vegas's to complement Tyrell Williams. Um, and yes, I know they got Nelson Aguilar, but having Nelson Aguilar as your third option is definitely smart. You know, the, maybe the worst hands in the league. Um, but Henry Ruggs is going to be a great receiver to pair with Tyrell Williams. He works perfectly with both Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota in the sense that Mariota can throw his little dump dinky slant passes and that Carr can stretch the sidelines of the field and allow Ruggs to make a play. Um, so regardless of what quarterback they go with, cough, cough, I think it's Mariota, um, Ruggs is a good fit for Vegas. At number 13, the San Francisco 49ers, who again moved up for the, with the Colts, um, I have the 49ers taking Jerry Judy. And yes, receiver, 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 and the receiver that I think is best goes last out of the top three. Um, and this is because of just team need. The Jets need a speedster, the Raiders need a speedster, and the Niners have, have Debo Samuel, who's a great route runner, who's a great guy in open space. He can do a lot of things. But they need their guy. And I don't think that Debo Samuel is a number one wide receiver in the NFL. I think he's the perfect, 100% perfect number two receiver. Um, but unless he has a breakaway campaign, which again wouldn't surprise me, go Gamecocks. Um, I think that Jerry Judy is a perfect option for the Niners because it allows Jimmy Garoppolo to have another target, especially with losing Emmanuel Sanders. And it maybe gets them more into the passing game this year as they were last year, as a lot of teams will start to stuff the box a lot more. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to step up as, as, as his second year as a full-time starter. Um, so I think that Judy's a good compliment for the Niners, a good compliment for Debo, and that's why I have him going at 13. At pick 14, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking uh, Andrew Thomas off the tackle from Georgia. Um, solid, solid just overall tackle. And I think you have to go line when you have Tom Brady. Um, I'm not saying the Bucks line is bad, but it's certainly not good. And, you know, being able to protect Tom Brady so late into his career is, is, is essential, especially when you're going to, you know, rely on your offense to do most of the work in Tampa. So I have uh, Thomas going 14 to the Buccaneers. At 15, I have the Denver Broncos taking Denzel Mims, wide receiver from Baylor. And this is a hot take. Um, not as hot as my Tua take, but pretty hot. Mims has been flying up draft boards recently, and I'm really not sure why. Big 12 receivers do not do well in the NFL. You can look at almost any of them in recent years, and they don't do that well in the NFL. I think C.E. Lamb is an exception because of his just talent, but um, Mims is, was in a system at Baylor that played weak defenses, and yes, he has great hands. He has great speed. He's just kind of an average guy, and while I do think he's a good compliment to Cortland Sutton in Denver, I don't really see him doing a whole lot, but I think the Broncos need a receiver, and Mims checks all the boxes for what you want as a number two guy next to Cortland Sutton. Plus, Drew Locke does like to get the ball to the middle of the field, and Mims does most of his work, you know, being able to create space for himself. So, I feel like that's a solid pick at 15. At pick 16, I think this is obvious, the Atlanta Falcons taking Clavon Chason. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Um, Edge, outside linebacker of LSU. The Falcons let go of of Vic Beasley. They need a guy to get to the quarterback. They're not going to draft offense. They're not going to draft offense in uh, Atlanta. They have so much power on the offensive end of the field. 
but they need defense. And uh, Chase on's the best defensive player on the board here. I could see them taking C.J. Henderson, but I I don't know. I'm I'm just not gonna I'm just not gonna make that prediction. Um, at pick seventeen, the Dallas Cowboys. I have them taking C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. Henderson is a dominant man-to-man cover guy. A lot of people are saying he's better than Akuda. And honestly, seeing him slip to 17 is going to really surprise me. Again, this is my no-trade mock. I could really see a team moving up that's corner-needy, cough-cough the Vikings, and maybe taking C.J. Henderson. Now, I haven't even heard that rumor anywhere, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Minnesota move up and take a guy like Henderson earlier than 17. Because if he slips to Dallas, the Cowboys are pouncing on him. Uh, They just lost Byron Jones, and C.J. Henderson is a perfect guy for Dallas. He's a very, you know... He's a very hard-nosed corner. He's not going to take any shit from anybody. And I, I, I can really see him as that, you know, new corner in Dallas. At pick 18, I have the Miami Dolphins taking Patrick Queen, middle linebacker um, from LSU. Queen just kind of does everything. Um, he, he's, he's, good in the, he's, he's good in run defense. He's good in pass defense. He's a good team leader. Um, no, I'd like to see what he what what he can do when he's not being carried by the best offense in the country, but uh, my, but uh, I, I think with Miami taking Herbert, they need to go defensive leader with their second pick, and I think Queen is the best middle linebacker on the board going into the second part of the draft. Um, at pick number nineteen, the Las Vegas Raiders. I have them taking Kenneth Murray, uh, middle linebacker from Oklahoma. Again, the Raiders. Don't really have a whole lot. Of, yes, they just signed Nick Kwiatkowski. I'm 100% aware of that. But that's one linebacker. And I think that... Am I going to override a pick here? I might have to override a pick here. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to override a pick. I'm going to stick I'm gonna stick with that pick. Um, I'm going to say that... Uh, this is tough. I don't, I don't know enough about the Raiders, honestly, to make this pick if I'm being completely just... Just, you know, completely transparent. Um, ah, this is tough. This is very, very, very tough. Um, you know what? Okay, I'm going to change that pick. I'm going to change that pick. It's not Kenneth Murray. Sorry for the pause there. I, I, I was just looking up a few things. I was just making sure. I was looking at the Raiders roster, their signings. Um, I'm going to have the Las Vegas Raiders. And again, this is the first change I've made the whole thing. So Kenneth Murray's still on the board. Um, I'm going to have the Raiders taking Christian Fulton, um, cornerback from LSU. And again, I'm not a Fulton fan, but, uh, Mike Mayock loves taking guys that play in the college playoff. And I think that this would be a very, very solid get for them. Regardless, they don't have a whole lot of corners now that I'm looking at it. Um, and I, I, I just think it's a good value pick at, you know, where they're actually selecting at 19. Um, so on to pick number 20, the Jacksonville Jaguars with their second pick. Now, again, again, the Jaguars took um, Tua earlier. So looking at their second pick, I'm going to have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking uh, A.J. Terrell, cornerback uh, out of um, Clemson. And yes, I hate Clemson, but Terrell does it all. He's just an over I mean, he's he's a great tackler. He's great on the ball. He's a good man guy, good zone guy. He's not really a lead anywhere. But Jacksonville taking a cornerback will definitely be helpful in the long run because again, they're trying to stay bad in my opinion. Um and drafting a kind of 
you know, just balanced corner that has a lot of potential is going to be perfect for a team in that position. So that's where I have them going. Uh, at pick 21, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Eagles is a, is a very hard... They're one of the teams I've been paying attention to the most. Shout out to Brandon. Um, I'm really, really, really not sure what I think they're going to do here. Because part of me thinks that the Eagles are stupid... And I think they're not going to get a receiver because I don't think they're going to be super happy with a lot of the guys on the board. Um, I could see them taking Chenault. I could see them taking Jefferson. And if Mims slips to them, they're taking Mims. But at the same time, at the same time, I don't think they're that smart. I don't, I, I don't think the Eagles are going to be that smart here. Um, I have the Philadelphia Eagles taking Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. Um... And it's because I think that if they don't get Mims, I think they're not going to be able to go after the receiver they want. And I, and I think this is a very deep receiver class. And I think that the that uh, the Eagles are going to be able to go get that speed guy that they desperately need later in the draft. But if Lamb and obviously Lamb's going to be off the board, but if Lamb, Rugs, and Mims is off the board, I don't see the Eagles taking a receiver. And I think they just go value, and I think they take Kenneth Murray. So. Kenneth Murray is a solid middle linebacker for them. Going to be able to step in immediately and help on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I think the Eagles, you could definitely see them taking a guy like K.J. Hamler in the second round or the third round. You could see them taking a lot of guys, maybe Jalen Rieger in the second round. But they're definitely going to take a receiver in the second round. I don't see them doing it in the first. Um, at pick 22, the now Minnesota Vikings, who traded with the Buffalo Bills, um, need a second receiver on the other hand. It doesn't matter who it is. So I have the Minnesota Vikings taking LaVisca Chenault, a wide receiver from Colorado, big guy. And yes, I know the Vikings have missed on big guys before with um, Laquan Treadwell, but Chenault is a little different. Um, I think he's played, um, you know, with a, with, a, with a much worse quarterback. Yeah, I know Steve uh, Montez is decent, but he's not uh, uh, how Chad Kelly was in college. Um, and, I, and I definitely see the Vikings taking the receiver here. Um, he's a good compliment to Thielen because Thielen's more of a possession guy. It allows Kirk Cousins to have a deep threat. And again, I don't think they're going to go get OBJ. Um, but just to you know be safe and to ease up their fan base, they're going to go get a deep threat guy like a like a Lavisca Chenault who can you know also help in the red zone, um, take some stress off Dalvin Cook. Um, at pick number twenty three, the New England Patriots. Dude, this is tough. Um, Mm. See, the Patriots have a lot of rumors about them maybe going after, um, maybe going after uh, a quarterback here, maybe trading up to get Herbert. I don't see the Patriots doing any of that. Um, I think that Bill Belichick is so confident this year with his roster and is so confident in being able to put a team around uh, a quarterback that he's going to roll into the season with Jared Stidham. And if I'm going to be honest, I think the Patriots are going to be a lot better than people expect them to be this year. I have them coming in second in the division. I don't have them making the playoffs, but I still have them being pretty good. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think Jared said I'm not going to be bad, but he's certainly not the long-term solution. So right now, I'm going to say that the Patriots are going to you know, be smart, and uh, they're going to help their D-line up front, and they're going to take Neville Gallimore, um, defensive tackle from Oklahoma. Now, Gallimore is huge. He's just this big fucking dude. Um, he's going to be able to clog... Uh, clog lanes. He's going to be able to do a lot of things in that uh, in that regard. 
Um, and, I, and, and I think that's just a solid pick for a division. You know, getting a guy up front in your front seven is, is, is never a bad thing in a weak division. Um, so next, pick, 20, uh, pick 24 is the New Orleans Saints. And I have them taking quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State. Yes, the Saints draft the quarterback in the first round. Um, their roster is ridiculous. They don't really need help anywhere, if I'm being completely honest. If Zach Bond hadn't just had that whole thing happen this week, I maybe have them taking a linebacker. But the Saints are, are, are so stacked offensively and have a good enough defense now with uh, you know, the acquisition of Malcolm Jenkins and a few other things to where I'm comfortable saying that they're going to plan for the future while still playing for now. And they know that they're going to be able to move Taysom Hill. And I think that going out and getting Jordan Love is just pretty much now using Taysom Hill as trade bait to maybe improve their defense in another aspect or maybe get another pick, um, you know, in maybe the third round. Um, but I see Jordan Love as a great successor to Drew Brees. If you get him un- under the tenureage of Drew Brees, you know, get him to, you know, start you know, learning from Brees, improve his, you know, mental abilities in football, then Love is going to be dominant in New Orleans. Love is going to be really, really good in New Orleans. Um, and they need to draft a quarterback now because with their roster, they cannot afford to enter a rebuilding period with how young and, uh, you know, young and talented both Thomas and Kamara are. So at pick 25, the Minnesota Vikings again. I have them taking uh, – again, this is, this, is a, this is an interesting pick. I have the Minnesota Vikings taking Mekhi Becton, uh, offensive tackle from Louisville. Now, Becton, to many, was a top 10 pick a few weeks ago, but recent developments showing, like, literally, this is a headline, that he just loves eating too much to be, you know, to, to take a risk on. Becton is ginormous. And, yes, he's kind of fast for his size, but he's still ginormous. Um, I see him potentially as a lazy tackle that doesn't really do a whole lot in the NFL. But Minnesota having two first-round picks and a shaky offensive line, I can see them going after Becton and, you know, building around that offense that already has Dalvin Cook, that already has Kirk Cousins, now LaVisca Chenault. And yes, they may be able to take a defensive end here to replace the probability that they're going to move, you know, one of their guys. But I, th- uh, I think Minnesota focuses on offense in the first round. Um, at pick 26, the Miami Dolphins. Now, this is a, this is a tough one. This is a very tough one. Um, the Dolphins have Byron Jones. Um, now, so they're not going to go corner. Um, I have them taking uh, Xavier McKinney, safety from uh, Alabama here. McKinney is a great safety. Honestly, him slipping to 26 would be tragic because teams can definitely should take him before that. Um, but, he's, but he's good. He's a very solid safety. He can do it all. Um, he played at Bama, so he has a, he's, you know, he's, he's a very disciplined player. Uh, he's, he's not going to make any gambles. Um, which I, I don't think, <laughs> playing in the division where Josh Allen's the best quarterback right now, I don't think you want a guy that gambles a whole lot. You want to be safe. Um, and again, I think safety is kind of that third leadership position that Miami really needs to, you know, put everything together. So that's where I have the Dolphins going at 26. At 27, the Seattle Seahawks. <sighs> this is tough. This is tough. I, th- I think the Seahawks could go a lot of different directions here. Um, they're probably not on the offensive end. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to have them taking, uh, I'm taking Jeff Gladney cornerback out of TCU. Does Seattle need a corner? I don't know. I don't think actually, no, 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 not Jeff Gladney. Again, I'm, I'm changing a pick here. 
Um, I'm going to have the uh, Seahawks taking uh, Yader Gross Matos, uh, edge rusher out of Penn State. That's a perfect pick. They're going to lose Jadavion Clowney, in my opinion, and they need to go get an edge rusher. I don't know why I didn't think of that in, 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 a, in the first place. But uh, Gross Matos, great, great, great pass rusher. Had some off-the-field issues, allegedly. Um, but I, I think he's a good fit for the Seahawks, um, and that's why I have them going at 27. At 28, I have the Baltimore Ravens. I know, crazy to think that uh, the Ravens will be going to be picking at 28. I have them taking Cesar Ruiz, uh, guard out of Michigan. Um, and um, I think that the best thing about this pick is that it's, you know, Marshall Yonda's coming towards the end of his career, and I think the Ravens, you know, need to preserve that run game, need to preserve that offensive line, and I think Ruiz is a perfect punch-in guard they can just put in there and immediate success. He's the best interior lineman in the draft. At pick 29, the Tennessee Titans. This is, this is again, this is a tough pick again. Um, this is tough because they do have corners. They have a great run game. They have a, they're one of the best lines in the NFL. Um, man, this is tough. Um, all right. I think the Titans can afford. Uh, I don't think they can afford to do that. Hmm. All right, well, I think the Titans are going to go after A.J. Espensa, um, defensive end from Iowa. Now that I'm looking at my player list, he's a high ceiling, um, low floor, high ceiling, big risk for the Titans, but I think they kind of go with, got to go that route right now. So um, that's where I have them going. At uh, pick 30, I have the Green Bay Packers taking uh, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. Um, well, I would love to see the Packers take T. Higgins because I hate him and I hate the Packers. Um, I think they go Jefferson, and this is they—they they have to get a receiver to help Aaron Rodgers out. Um, you know he can't only throw to Devonte Adams or randoms, and uh, and I think Jefferson's a proven winner. Um, yes, he had Burrow throwing to him, but now he'll have Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. So I I still think he's going to be able to produce really well in the NFL. Um, at pick thirty-one, the San Francisco 49ers again. Um, earlier they took Jerry Judy, um, you know which which was a great pick for them. Now though, I'm having a, a a tough time kind of finding another need for the for the Niners. Um, you know they have solid, they have a really solid secondary. They have a really solid receiving core now with Jerry Judy. They have running backs. They have the line. Um, I think they may go risk and, and uh, I'm gonna have them taking Zach Bond. I don't know the entire Zach Bond story, um, but I think being able to just go get another linebacker that they can kind of plug in, play edge, play you know play in the back, uh, play kind of in the second level of the defense would be smart for the Niners. Um, and plus, they have nothing to lose. They're one of the best teams in the NFL on paper. You know, getting a guy that can play anywhere may turn out to be a star. So, I, th- I think it's a smart pick for the for the Niners there. And at thirty-two, the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them taking now Jeff Gladney, cornerback um, from TCU. Glad I don't really know a whole lot about Gladney. I just heard a lot of great things. Um, so I. Chiefs don't really need to do anything, but they might as well improve their secondary. So, anyways, that is my 32-team NFL mock draft um, next Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Game of the Podcast. Signing off.